25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two back to long side. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we read about the whole. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Hour two in the Farm Bureau studio begins right now. I'm Matt. Welcome in. Thanks for tuning in, however you're listening and wherever you're listening from. I technically just ended a sentence with a preposition, but it's okay. It's my show, and we can do what we want. Right, Roger? Well, Absolutely. You know, I mean, just I just – I did it. I fouled up. I ended a sentence with a preposition. But for all the English majors, let me just say that at least I'm aware of it. <laughs> Does that make it better? <laughs> I'm aware of what I did. I don't know. Welcome into the show where you can be a part of the show in lots of different ways. On the phone, via text, you can tweet me, tweetly deedly deed. Lots of tweets have come in here. On the scheduling thing a little bit ago, John tweeted me and he said, I, as an Alabama fan, am more than happy to eliminate the Tennessee game. However, can we also just play another conference game in the regular season? Which, look, many, many people, that's what they want. Um, now that it's the idea has been broached and leave it to Nick Saban to broach the next big idea, he kind of has done that. But um, they, they need to change it. I think they will. It's just a matter of when. And who knows what kind of contractual things are out there that they would have to work through, non-conference games that have already been scheduled all the way out until, what, 2024, 5, 6, beyond? I mean, so... I don't know, but the conference rotation is a little bit messed up. It's not like we have it bad. It's just we don't have it as good as it could be. That's kind of the way I look at it. All right, so let me set you up. You could text me anytime you want. Text line wide open. Lots of people coming to the defense of Chris Brooks as far as giving out the info on the show. I'm going to get to a bunch of that. The text line is 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. On Twitter, I'm Radio Wyatt. And the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. The oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. That means Divinity has been doing it better longer than anyone else. All right, raise your arms. Open them up. Your palms facing each other up and down. Do a big gator chomp. Because on the Divinity phone right now, the man, the myth, the legend, Gator Greg. What's up, Gator Greg? Mr. Wyatt, it's always great to hear your voice. Thank uh, you. The, you know, the Gators are probably the worst 4-0 team in the country. Shouldn't be anywhere near the top 10. Still got a lot of work uh, <laughs> to do on that team. But uh, I like some of the young players, uh, you know, uh, uh, and maybe Townsend State won't be too tough this weekend, uh, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm worried. 
I'm worried about them trying to look ahead to to, to uh, Auburn probably, uh, which uh, I got to ask you about because you you get to see Auburn this weekend. But I I, I mentioned something to Roger, Mr. Wyatt, a while ago. I was I was in a restaurant, but I couldn't. You know, of course, when you're in a restaurant and you're watching college football, the yeah. sound is down. But I kind of caught it. It was ESPN Classic. It was Tennessee and Mississippi State in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. There was a sequence in there. Let me. Were you, now, were you a part of that team yeah. that year, Mr. White? You were on. Okay. I was. I got to get on the coaches about this. And, and, I, and we love your, your brother in law. There was a sequence where Mr. Mackin rolled out. He got kind of rolled up on, got hit, had to come out the game. And Morgan comes in. Mm-hmm. And there's a play. There's a deep pass down the middle. I think they were trying to hit number 12, who had a step and a half. If you have a step on somebody in the SEC, you're open. Mm hmm. If you hit that play, you're within the, what, the 10 yard line? Yeah. I mean, the guy was open. It was number 12. If that would have been Matt Wyatt throwing that football, Jackie Sherrill, Bruce Aarons, you know, the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. you could have won, you, I think you could have won that game. And I'm, and I'm, I was telling Roger that he had him down the middle. It was a great play call. Yeah. He just, just missed it. So, I, you know, I'm not getting on my friend, Rob Morgan, because we love him. <laughs> uh, but, uh, he should have hit that pass. But Mr. Wyatt, Tell me about what Auburn. I look for Auburn probably try to run the ball uh, and maybe limit the passing game. I think it's, it's just you got to be able to limit that uh, if you can knock their run game down a little bit. I think you got a shot. I, I, I like you guys kind of you know keeping it within the number. And I think whatever happens, you we're hoping that you pull a lo- put a loss on Auburn so they can come in the game so next week we can crush it. But you guys <laughs> you're doing a great job. We love Roger. And we love Rob Morgan, even though he should have hit that pass. We'll see you now. Appreciate it. <laughs> see you, Greg. Gator Greg, over and out. I, I honestly had not thought about that. And I remember Rob going in the game, in that 98 championship game, but I could not – before you said that, Greg, I would not have been able to tell you what play he ran. It's like the, I mean, it's only been 20 years ago, but I cannot there, – there are so many details of things that I don't remember very well for whatever reason. I'd have to go back and look at it. Now, I don't remember why it was because you know the the bowl game a month later. I had some shoulder problems all throughout that year. That's not why I got benched in the early part of the year after the third game, but throughout the years uh, that year um, when I kind of got relegated to backup, I had some shoulder stuff going on, and I don't remember that being discussed as a reason that it kept me from going in the game. But it could have been. I know I punted in that game. And then a month later when we played in the Cotton Bowl, um, they put me in there and I played. Well, I guess I played right before halftime and pretty much all the second half of the Cotton Bowl that year. Um, God, I just, my memory on that stuff is so fuzzy at times. It's weird. There's some things I can remember clear and some things I can. I guess maybe everybody's that way. I'd have to go back and look. No, on this Auburn thing, you know, I'm watching their offense. They They don't even – they don't really disguise anything at all. They're very open about the idea that they're not really trying to throw the ball that much. They're just not interested in it right now. It's not their makeup. It's not who they are right now. It's not what they want to be. They don't want to be a drop-back throw team. They've been that for two years prior with Jarrett Stidham. And it was like they, they have this young kid who's an athlete, Bo Nix, who can run, run the zone read stuff, and the reads are, are happening really uh, at, a, at a high efficiency. He's not misreading the run reads. So they're running the ball. Reverses off of it. Lots of speed sweeps. Um, if I look at pass offense numbers, again, somebody texted in and said, you know, this point in the year the stats can be kind of deceiving, and they can be. But they 
the the two passing offenses in terms of yards per game that are at the bottom of the SEC are number 13 Mississippi State, number 14 Auburn. <laughs> State is at 185 a game passing and Auburn is at 164. And a lot of that is because you've had true freshman quarterbacks playing a majority of the snaps for both teams. Um, Stevens played in the first game and he got hurt in the second one and hasn't really been healthy since. He tried to play in the first half against Kansas State, but you know, so that's what it is. They're, they're building their offenses around running the ball, and um, you know they're very efficient in the run game. And these, what are you again? You're you're the hot button term: defined throws. You're getting these defined throws for Bo Nix in their offense. Double slants on the goal line. You learn that in high school. If you execute it against man-to-man coverage, it's hard to cover. They run it in the NFL. It's just a classic football play. It's not a tough read. It's just a matter of making the play. They throw double slants. When Tua Tonga-Valoa was a young quarterback at Alabama, like their, their go-to on the goal line was double slants. From two receivers out there, he'd read it and throw it to one of them. Um, lots of RPO stuff where he pulls the ball, and if he throws it, then the receiver he's throwing it to is it's not a matter of a decision. It's already made for you by the play call. So a lot of that stuff. So here's a thought. I want you as a listener, Gator Greg, if you're still listening, I'm just curious what everyone thinks about this. I'm not saying that I'm changing my mind about which players for state that are suspended and which ones haven't been playing should play in this Auburn game. We talked about it earlier in the week, and – I started thinking, well, it just seems to me you'd pick out your most winnable SEC games, just play them all in that one. You know Ole Miss is going to be a game they're going to play everybody in that one. Um, you know that's going to happen. Rivalry game, Egg Bowl. But what about the other two? And you say, well, do, you know, play them against Tennessee and Arkansas. you got a great chance to beat those. Just make sure you beat them and then get yourself back in a bowl game. But I'm watching Auburn's offense, and what I see – Now, if you're a State fan, this is going to make you cringe a little bit. But listen closely. Auburn's offense, from a scheme standpoint, is almost identical to what Louisiana ran on offense in the first game this year. Billy Napier's play calling, his designs, his formations, pre-snap motion, always faking the speed sweep, giving it sometimes, sometimes not. Really put a lot of pressure on State's linebackers. <clears throat> and you remember, State ran out of gas and Louisiana put up some yards in that fourth quarter. It's it's almost identical to what Auburn does. It's almost identical to what Auburn did against Texas A&M. Lots of speed sweep motion. Sometimes you give it. Lots of quarterback runs built in there and play action passes off of it when you get linebackers out of position. So if that is the case and you're on the road in the SEC, do you play Willie Gay in this game against Auburn? He's the best athlete on your team, and he happens to be a linebacker. I don't know. I have no idea what they will or won't do. I'm just It's just a thought. Uh, P-Town Chris on the text line says, Matt, say Stevens is out three, four more weeks. At what point in the season, if any, do you say Garrett is our guy of the future? Let's give him the reins and go with him from here on out to start in the future. Well, P-Town Chris, the only way that would happen is if regardless of the amount of time, if he's not gone for the season, regardless of the amount of time that Tommy Stevens is out, 
The only way that would happen is if Garrett Schrader just right before your eyes blossoms as this unbelievable passer of the football. There's no question what he can do in the run game. And in the past game against Kentucky, he goes out, he's 70-something percent completions, right? And no, a lot of that stuff's not quite the same, you know, intermediate routes and RPO stuff that Tommy Stevens runs so well because he's done it so much, he's better at it, he's older. They do some a, a few different things, some basic things in the past game. The, the smash concept, you know, flooding one side, you run a flood. The levels concept to the wide side of the field where you get three receivers all at a different level out on one side of the field, and they can't cover all three, those different things. But if, let's just say Stevens doesn't play against Auburn and Garrett Schrader goes out there and goes 19 of 21 for 200 yards and two touchdowns and and shows you some stuff you didn't know he had, well, well then you may start having those conversations. But based on everything we've seen right now, as, as good as Garrett Schrader is for a true freshman, whenever you get Tommy Stevens back healthy, he's your quarterback because – he gives you some stuff in the past game that, frankly, only a fifth-year senior can give you. One that's 6'5 and has a really strong arm. All right. Divinity Equipment Phone. Uh, Roger, is it Trail? Yeah, that's right. Okay, Trail on the phone line. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Matt? As far as I know, I'm wonderful. Hope you're having a good day, too. It's going well. Yeah. Uh, I kind of have... Uh, I'm on the same lines as the uh, as the text that you just read. Mm. Uh, I, I respect your analytics uh, of football from a quarterback standpoint because you play quarterback mm. in college, so it makes sense. Yeah, uh, I agree with you on that. But I mean, as as a fan, in my opinion, with with uh, Gary Schrader, I believe. And the way it seems that the more time he get playing, mm. the better he gets. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and why interrupt that chemistry? Yeah. If when Tommy Stevens get healthy again. Right, and it's tough. Well, and think about this, uh, Trail. Ole Miss is in the same situation now because their guy, even though he's a red shirt, sort of a redshirt freshman, uh, Corral, he's banged up, bruised ribs, whatever, gonna have a hard time playing. And this true freshman, Plumley, you know, the kid from Oak Grove, he went in there the other day and gave him a spark because he's so fast and he made a big throw up the sideline. And, you know, what if that, what if that kid goes out and shows tremendous improvement and, and plays against Alabama or something and gets you up and down the field, you know? And you, week, week to week, it's like, I guess what, what you're saying is it is true. Just like in life, the farther we go – the more information we have to go on, right? And so we're sitting here with four games under our belt. Well, we may feel entirely different about things with eight games under our belt because then we'll have more information, But um, which makes sense. Sure does. Hey, I appreciate the call. Thank I you. Mean, okay. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Yeah, call me anytime. Call me anytime. Norman on the text line said, what's your opinion of – Kentucky offensive line versus Auburn offensive line. Who has the better offensive line? Well, Kentucky's supposed to be better. I'm not sure they played better, but State played better. They're about the same. I mean, you know, 
if State's defensive front plays the way it's capable of, kind of the way they did against Kentucky, they'll get some stops against Auburn's offensive line. You know, the, I think the dominant part of Auburn's offense is their speed with their ball carriers, the running back and then the receiver when they give it to him and that kind of thing. And their quarterback can run too. <clears throat> they just have been very efficient. They're executing the stuff that's called. They're not doing a bunch of crazy stuff, but it does look just like Louisiana's offense. And again, as a State fan, you know, especially late in the game, you got sick and tired of running those guys down laterally on the sideline and they started hitting you in the middle. Resdog says, couldn't the Auburn pass defense be just a product of them being ahead of teams so they have to throw to catch up? Yes, number one. And number two, you can't – there's some teams that line up against Auburn just know right now we can't run the ball on these guys. we got to throw it. Have to. But you're right. They have been ahead, and, and uh, teams have thrown the ball a little more. You know, their first game against Oregon. Oregon put it in the air a good bit. Fluffy, in regards to Bobby who called earlier and was just going off on – Chris Brooks, a host of the Gridiron, for not doing his phone numbers and giving them out and stuff. He says, Brooks, he doesn't do reads. His ADD won't let him handle any more audience interaction than he currently has. <laughs> That's great. Like a thought. <laughs> uh, somebody texted an unnamed texture and said, um, stats are deceiving at this point, at least in the SEC, due to the soft schedule that the majority of the most teams have played. Most have played. When Bobby was on the phone, somebody texted in and told him to shut up. And Three Hump Camel says he'll take Brooks over Paul any day of the week. Protect the old Brooks. Ain't I'm telling you. Coming to bat for him, aren't they? They thought I was making fun of him one time and got all over me. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, see, it just goes to show you, you know, if you're a really nice person, you do get farther in life. Yeah. I think. Ultimately, I think. <laughs> That's a theory, anyway. You just giggle like a little girl. <laughs> <clears throat> you need to play those back to back. The bow bounds giggle and then Chris saying that. I mistakenly took wishes my command. I took I mistakenly took a sip of coffee right as you were doing that and I almost spit it out all over my desk. Just a spit take. <clears throat> right on spit camera. Spit take. And that's right. Lots of uh, texts to get to. This is what I said to begin the show. If you're just tuning in, way back in the first hour, this is something that I pointed out. In the entire country this weekend in football, I'm sorry, college football, the entire country, college football, you have uh, one game in the you know mainland, But two overall, because one is out on the West Coast, the left coast. Two games in the entire country involving ranked teams playing against each other, and it's a week five of the season. Because everybody wants to get some playing time in before they play oh, Clemson or Alabama. I guess. Maybe all the fun starts in week six. But, oh boy, here It'd they like are. like the basketball and baseball season where, you know, Preseason didn't count. Yeah. At 2.30 on NBC, 18th-ranked Virginia at 10th-ranked Notre Dame. (laughs) At 2.30 on Fox, 21st-ranked USC at 17th-ranked Washington. (laughs) And the rest of them, all the games, it's a top 25 team versus an unranked. And, Lord, it's just – 
I mean, the SEC slate's okay. And for us here in the state of Mississippi, it's great because you have Ole Miss playing at Alabama and you got State playing at Auburn. But even around the SEC, it's week – listen to me. It's week five. And here are some SEC games for you. Northern Illinois at Vanderbilt. Uh, Towson at Florida. (laughs) And then Kentucky at South Carolina. You know, people were making fun of – you have what? a Wofford Terrier game for me to watch. Oh, a Wofford, a Wofford. Let's see, Wofford. Where is Wofford? I don't. I don't know who they're playing this week. Calling Wofford for the you know. The people were saying, dog. Why would Alabama hosting Ole Miss be a game that the CBS two thirty game would choose? That's going to be a fifty point blowout. Why would they? Well, there's your answer. They're putting State at Auburn on ESPN at six o'clock. And that's number seven versus unranked state. At least it's four and zero versus three and one. What else are you going to choose? That's the only choice they have. They're not going to put Kentucky, South Carolina in a prime time, or Texas A and M in Arkansas. <laughs> it's a it's a bad week five. I'm just going to tell you in terms of sexy matchups, we get the best of it here in the state of Mississippi. And it's just another example of why the NFL is king. There are no bad schedule weekends in the NFL. We get the Eagles and the Packers, two blue bloods, on a Thursday night. Much less Cowboys and Saints on Sunday night. And a bunch of great games around the NFL this weekend. So it's, it's just another example of the whole top-heavy lopsidedness in college football from the conference level to the national level. It's just not good for it. they got to figure something out. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance, local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. The personal side of it is really the whole deal, and it's worth everything, especially when it when it's, when it's it comes to insurance, frankly. Give them a chance. This show stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire. C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, prepaid by C Spire. Special deals, including a like-new iPhone 6S for just $49 and a daily $500 giveaway. So you can learn more about that at cspire.com slash prepaid. At cspire, they are customer-inspired. So learn about the giveaway, how to register. You may get it one day, 500 smackaroos. And if you're not in for one of the brand-new devices... A like-new iPhone 6S, just a couple of models back, for just 50 bucks. It's hard to beat it. Lots of different options for you, including the prepaid at C Spire. On the text line at 885-ESPN. 885-ESPN. 885-3776. Jacob, who is listening in Columbus, says... 
does Rich Rod get promoted to head coach and Ole Miss try to save face with a fan base by keeping Matt Luke on staff? That's a very interesting and layered question about the uh, situation at Ole Miss. But look, I I, I tell you, um, there you have done a good job from a coaching standpoint at Ole Miss. You know, they do have some limitations. Um, They don't have a football team that's loaded with five stars. Expected to go out here and, you know, compete with LSU and Alabama. They don't have that. But, you know, I see a coaching staff that is getting that team a little better and a little better in certain ways here. You know, they made the jump from week one to week two on offense. They are obviously better on defense. And everything does go back to the head coach. I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't understand um, why there would be any Ole Miss fans right now in any way, frankly, upset with their coaching staff. Actually, I think they're doing a good job. And, and it starts with Matt Luke. I mean, Matt Luke took over what is an abnormal situation. <laughs> Can we all agree on that? It ain't like, you know, somebody handed him a nice little well-oiled machine and he just got to get behind the steering wheel by any stretch, from recruiting to roster, everything, support, positivity. He's actually handed a pretty rough situation. It happens to be his alma mater, so he loves it. He's happy to have it. I think he's doing a good job. What do you want him to do? What do people want Matt Luke to do? You know, you would make a a change at head coach if, A, you have a problem, some kind of big problem, or B, you don't like the direction. So tell me which one of those it is. If if somebody's out there kicking it around, well, we're going to replace Matt Luke. Well, which one is it? What's the problem or what is it about the direction? Because right now, I mean, put Vince Lombardi in there. What about their direction? They got a lot of limitations right now. How long is this NCAA thing going to hang over their head? I think people just need to leave him alone. Leave him alone. Let him coach. They're doing a good job. They are. Okay. Rick. Now, this is a text on the text line. This is not like a sponsored thing right here, and it's not something I can endorse because I have not tried this. But if y'all are out there, I guess feel free um, to try it and tell me what you think. This says, hey, Matt, tell your listeners that there is an app called Tunity, T-U-N-I-T-Y, Tunity. If you're in a sports bar and the TVs are muted, you can use the Tunity app to listen to the sound coming from any muted television. It's incredible. I've downloaded it. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. But what you do is you, it's, have you ever used the mobile check deposit where you put your check down and your, your check gets in the little frame on the uh-huh. screen? You just kind of center it in there. But you kind of, you hold your phone up with the camera on and it centers it, the app centers it into this little square and then you click and it looks at that yeah. and matches it up to what it's what's going on on TV, you know, and it plays the audio for you. Yeah. Okay. It, it uses where your your geographic location to account for uh, delay and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. 
Unnamed texter says he thinks Rob Morgan was trying to throw to his high school teammate Kevin Prentice in that SEC championship game in 98. So close. Prentice was the one, the kid from Vicksburg, and he and Rob were high school teammates at Warren Central. Uh, you know, Prentice is the one who had that punt return for touchdown in that game. <clears throat> uh, Julius says, big Auburn fan here, was wondering if Auburn moving to the East would balance out both the East and West a little bit more. Your thoughts? I mean, Julius, one thing that it would take care of is Auburn's want to play Georgia every year while still being able to play Alabama every year. It would just be that the, the thing is it doesn't solve it the, the scheduling thing for Alabama because right now Alabama's permanent cross division is Tennessee because that's supposed to be something everybody wants. It's not, but they believe it is. And then they would have to play Auburn every year. Would be, but, you know, so just moving Auburn doesn't really solve the whole ball of wax. Because this is the thing on the scheduling deal. Listen to this. And I've said this before. I think everybody has to understand this. The, the linchpin in this whole scheduling model that we have right now in the SEC, and there are smart people who have information who will argue with me about this. I will never be told otherwise. And I, I just, I got too much sense to believe otherwise. The whole linchpin in this whole scheduling model that we have, the reason that we have, quote, air quote here, cross-division rivals that you play every year in the opposite division, the reason we have it in the first place is because of Auburn and Alabama, period. End of story. That's why. Alabama wants to play Tennessee every year, and they want to preserve the third Saturday in October, and Auburn wants to play Georgia Every year, a long rivalry. They've been playing for a hundred and something years. They want to do it every year. That's the reason it happens. That's why Mississippi State plays Kentucky every year. It ain't because State wants to do it or Kentucky. Neither one of them, nor the fan bases, nor the players, nor anybody involved with that, give one flip if State plays Kentucky every year. But it's why we're told you have to, and it's a cross-division rival, is to prop up the idea that Alabama must play Tennessee and that Auburn must play Georgia every year. Cross-division rival. If it weren't for Alabama and Auburn, there would be no such thing as a permanent cross-division rival. Let's be clear on that. So you have LSU playing Florida every year. Cross-division rival. They don't care. Never did care. They play each other every year. But they do it. And they set it up to preserve this whole model so that Alabama could play Tennessee and that Auburn could play Georgia. That Alabama-Auburn thing is what holds the scheduling for the rest of the league hostage right now. And, and because the league is only playing eight conference games, it's six plus one plus one or whatever it is every year. So it's just fouled up. And... If they don't change it, then and they don't add another conference game in the scheduling anytime soon, the schools are going to have to take it in their own hands if the conference won't move collectively. And they're going to have to, I hate to say this, SEC fans, but swallow your pride here. You're going to have to follow the example of the ACC, and some schools within the conference will schedule each other in lieu of a non-conference game. It'll effectively be like a non-conference game, but it's so you can play each other. Who was it did it this year? Wake Forest and somebody? 
They're in the same conference. They scheduled each other just so they could play. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want. Why not? But if you try sometimes, well, you might find. Exactly right. That's good advice. You can't always get what you want, but if you just shut up and mind your business, you might get what you need. <laughs> Rich on the text line says, scheduling other conference teams as non-conference games? Brilliant idea. It is, isn't it? I mean, seriously, right now, tell me right now, State fans, the ones of you who, and I'm not even blaming you, who didn't attend the Mississippi State-Kansas State game. 11 a.m., hot, all that kind of stuff. Yet you didn't go. Non-conference, Kansas State. What if instead of Kansas State, the Bulldogs had scheduled Vanderbilt? What if instead of Kansas State, they had scheduled South Carolina? Your butt would have been there. I know it. And again, if the it collectively, if the schools can't get together and the conference can't agree to add more conference games on the schedule to fix this rotation thing, or to just bust up this whole stupid idea of permanent cross-division rivalries. You go, well, it's a, it's a rivalry. Okay, play it every other year if you're going to have divisions. It ain't that long. Just 365 more days added to it. Older we get, faster the time goes by anyway. <laughs> but if they're not get going to right. do it collect, yeah, no doubt. If we're not going to do it collectively – then the school's just going to have to take it into their own hands and schedule each other. <clears throat> I'm serious. All right. Paul, you know, with all this money they're spending on researching why fans, you know, what, what to do to increase mm-hmm. attendance, they haven't looked at maybe it's the game. Maybe it's the game. Yeah, yes, maybe, can't, the main, maybe keep the main thing the main thing. Well, and the reason they did the permanent – or this mandate that you must schedule at least one Power 5 non-conference back in the day when when Mike Slive did that about 10 years ago. Roger, you know why they did it? You know why he told conference teams to schedule at least one Power 5 non-conference? It wasn't for the fans' benefit. TV. No, it was for the strength of schedule benefit as it related to making sure an SEC team could win a national championship. That's why they did it. the law of unintended consequences kicked in. Yeah, and so what we have is we have, like, Mississippi State playing Kansas State and NC State and Arizona in the future, and you have Ole Miss playing Cal and who else, you know, in the future. Look, it's fine, great, wonderful. There are schools from Power Five conferences, but the fans of the school would much rather buy a ticket to watch them play an SEC team than any of those. And it's just that simple. You can't even argue it. And it kind of, I think it kind of demystifies the SEC thing. You know, it kind of lets people behind the the wizard's curtain. Yeah. They shouldn't shouldn't face the SEC until they are getting their butts handed to them on national championship. In a ball game? (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. They don't need any experience playing the SEC. Paul has been hanging on forever on the Divinity Equipment phone line. That's my fault, Paul. Thanks for calling, man. What's up? Hey, guys. Hey. Uh, you made a comment a while ago, Matt, about 
any Ole Miss fan shouldn't be, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, how you can say that as far as no Ole Miss fans should be upset about the, the state of the culture or what is Ole Miss's football program now or the coaching or whatever. I mean, I just don't understand where you're coming from. Well, and, well, hold on. I mean, hold on, let me hold say on. this. No, you said, hold on. You said blah, blah, blah. What I said was I don't understand why people are convinced that they have a problem with Ole Miss coaching. Everybody's going – this guy texted in and he said – um, are they going to replace Matt Luke with um, Rich Rodriguez but keep Luke on staff for some crazy no. idea like that? And I'm going, no. what is people's problem with Matt Luke? Nobody can actually tell me what their problem with Matt Luke is. Okay. The answer to the question is no. They're not going to replace him with Rich Rodriguez and no, Matt Luke's not going to, going to still be on the staff. But, I mean, if you look at Ole Miss's situation in football today versus, say, three or four years ago. I mean, between ticket sales and what's being lost in the Oxford economy, you're talking about tens of millions of dollars a year. Yeah. It's it's so much more than what it would cost to clean house and start over. Okay, and, but is it Matt uh, Luke's issue? Is it is it a Matt Luke problem? Is that what everybody's trying to get me to believe? Um, it goes way beyond Matt Luke. I mean, it's 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 a problem that starts with we hadn't had a chancellor, mm-hmm. we hadn't had an AD, right. and we hadn't had a coach. I totally so agree with you. And that's just some of the reasons, um, Paul. See, I think that's just some of the reasons why nobody in their right mind right now can sit here and point at Matt Luke for anything. He took over. I understand that, and and I like Matt Luke a lot. And you know, he's a rebel. Uh, his family. Uh, he's a second generation guy. But do I think you know? Somebody asked me, you know, what my opinion is of Matt Luke, and I said, well, you know, I've been an Ole Miss fan for over fifty years. I graduated at Ole Miss. I like Matt Luke, but I love Ole Miss. And I don't think Matt Luke is the answer to the problem that is going to have to mm. happen in order to fix what's wrong at Ole Miss. And, you know, you go back to what happened with Freeze and him leaving and how ridiculous everything was with him and his tenure. I mean, it, it's, it's going to take, uh, going to take a complete cleansing to, get back to a point of respectability, in my opinion. Yeah. And even then, I don't know if Ole Miss is ever going to compete on the highest level in the SEC. You know, ever and is I a big word. Ever is a big word. And, and I think – And I hate to say it. Well, but think about it like this, Paul. It, it Ever, you know, if we go back a short time ago, I'm sure you and I are old enough to remember, we don't have to go back too far – when we, you and I, would never, ever have been convinced that Tennessee and Arkansas would bottom out like they have, you know, and and that so the and and guess what, we're probably going to live long enough to see them get back up. That's just the way things work. Yep. And you know, Ole Miss started playing Arkansas again in '83 every year, and I've never seen 
an Arkansas program mm-hmm. is desperate. It's what I saw three or four weeks ago in Oxford. And uh, okay, you know, and and let me say, let me. I'm not. It's not my job to convince you otherwise, Paul. But think about what we've just said here in this conversation. I don't disagree with anything you said, but think. Of, let's think about it. It's an Arkansas team that hasn't had a big NCA thing hanging over their head for four years with the NCA hanging around on campus and messing up the recruiting, and then giving yep. the pe- giving you all these penalties. They can't use that as a, as an excuse. Yet that Matt Luke coach football team beat the tar out of them a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, frankly, but, frankly, and there are a whole there are a whole lot of built more built in excuses to not be good at Ole Miss than there are at Arkansas right now. And then you know you mentioned the AD and the chancellor. It is a rudderless ship, okay, or a captainless exactly ship right. as a university right now. And with that Correct. said, what I say is, given that scenario, number one, I just know. I know football, and and Matt is a good football coach. He knows what he's doing, and he's getting a little better. And the, frankly, the humility that it took for him to in year two go out there, out here and hire two big name former head coaches as coordinators. When he knows, as soon as they get here, everybody's going to say they're here to replace me. But he did it anyway. Why? Because right. it's what was best for the football team. And the, the defense and, is and immediately better. The defense is immediately better the day that McIntyre showed up. And the stats are backing that up, even though they don't have the best roster of players. And they were poor on offense week one, but then they got better week one to week two because Rich Rod, he, he knows what he's doing. And I guess what I'm saying to you, Paul, is I understand where you're coming from. You're fed up. You don't like it. It seems like it's a long climb to get back to where you were. I just think... If people are mad and they're upset about something from an Ole Miss perspective, you just need to focus it somewhere else other than Matt Luke. I think with the cards that he's been dealt in the whole situation, he's doing a good job with what he's been dealt. I understand. And I understand your perspective too, but I think your perspective from from your vantage point versus my vantage point, it's a lot easier for you mm-hmm. as a former Bulldog quarterback, etc., to say, oh, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. they can get it done with what they've got versus somebody that's got to live with it. Yeah, I, I, you're from right. From an emotional standpoint. You're right. As a fan. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, you're right it's about It's a lot that. easier for you to swallow that pill than it is for right. a whole lot of old Miss. I, I totally get that. It is different when it is your school and, and you know, you feel like you've got some skin in the game and, and, and you want it to happen quickly. But I do think at the same time, you know, maybe somebody on the outside like me can offer a little perspective on it also because I, you know. I understand. And I appreciate your perspective. Yeah, man. All right. Hey, listen, uh, thanks for listening and thanks for calling and hanging on. Call me anytime. All right. Bye. All right. That'll wrap it up. We'll do this again tomorrow. In the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.